Welcome back to the show, my loves. This week on the Yoga Girl podcast, I talk about trauma and specifically about how childhood trauma can manifest itself in very subtle ways in our day-to-day lives as adults. I share my own experience with a childhood trauma and a sense of underlying stress that I experience every single day of my life. I get into a connection that I'm making with my inner child. And at the very end of the episode, I share how you can connect with your inner child too. You are on a healing journey and so am I. Let's dive in together. Hello, 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 my darlings. How are you? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> why, why didn't mean to start this show with like a crazy lady laugh, <laughs> but I don't know where to begin. Oh, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode of this show. I think you did. You know, I was tuning into or just checking in our with our listenership yesterday, which is something I do maybe once a year. I don't really look at the statistics of this show, like how many people are listening. I don't like to, this podcast for me is a complete non-performing space. I have zero pressure around recording this show. I don't feel like this podcast is work. I, I love it. I love talking to you. I love, I love it. I'm, I'm just so very aligned and comfortable in my skin when I'm here every week. And when I share for Yoga Girl Daily every single day, like I, I love it. And I purposefully stay away from looking at the business side of things of this podcast, you know, looking from the statistics side. And I, 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 I feel like I don't want to know how many listeners I have because <laughs> if I look at that all the time and then if I have a few weeks when listenership goes down, then all of a sudden I might feel pressure like I have to perform better, right? I have to do better or get interesting guests on the show again, which I never do anymore or talk about something more exciting or I get in my head, I would get in my head about stuff, you know, or plan out, like maybe I should plan out the episodes instead of just sitting down and talking to you. And if I would have, you know, like the podcast growing, 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 and I see the numbers go up, 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 I would probably feel the same kind of pressure, like, oh my God, I have to do more <laughs> with the podcast. It's doing so well. Like what well, I would get this almost like FOMO for not, you know, working harder at marketing the podcast and maximizing the potential of the podcast. The podcast for me is a sacred, sacred space. And I purposefully don't don't want to know, you know, I love that you're here and listening, but I don't want to think about numbers and stuff. You know, I, that, that's, that's not, I really don't want to do that. And I did just a few, a little while ago, a couple days ago, um, for the first time in, I don't know how long, like I think maybe once a year we have like a little update with the production team, like, how's it going? And it's always going so well. There's so many of you listening always. I've never had an update where I get like, oh, here's where the listenership is at right now or where people are listening from, which is really interesting. I've never had an update that made me like sad or, oh no, you know, it's always growing. It's always, you're always so present here with me. 
but something that was so beautiful in, in seeing when I was looking at that little report uh, a, a few days ago was how many of you listen religiously, like re listen all the time. <laughs> how many of you are really here every single week, like all the time, every Friday, you're like, it's podcast day and you're here with me. And, and even knowing that there's so many of you that have your own little rituals around the show, like you know that there's a new episode and you go to your own little podcast listening chair that you have or brew yourself a cup of tea or grab your blanket or you listen when you're taking a walk with your dog or out for a run or commuting like you have your routine and ritual for how you listen to the show similarly to how I have my routine and ritual for how I share and how I talk to you every week and there's something so comforting in that for me Really, really, I would much rather have a smaller group, a smaller community listening to this episode, but listening every week, just knowing that it's a safe space for me to share here, just having that intimate connection with you, than I would having a huge show with people just listening once in a while or tuning in every other month or something like that. Like I, it makes me feel very held, to be honest, knowing that There are so many of you that really are here every single week that really show up here to be with me. And um, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Well, that is not why I did my little crazy lady laugh in the beginning of this show. You know, this, if you listened last week, yeah, if you listened last week, I shared about my longing for rest. I spoke about my struggle and my challenge, you know, having slowed my life way down materially and in time and in commitments and work, having created space in my life and my struggle with actually internally slowing down, right? Like my ability to create stress internally, no matter what is going on, this inner critical voice telling me to get up and keep going and work harder. And I, I shared that last week and I got such beautiful response. Just so many people who who have those same feelings, you know, who I, I really am, I really know I'm not alone in actually not just feeling this way, but also being in this stage in my life right now. I know there are tons of people out there who are figuring out a new pace of life, of course, after the pandemic, after You know, so many people lost their jobs and now are starting again or starting in a new place or so many people shifted completely their pace in their day or had a big realization of, well, I don't want to live that way anymore the way I did before. People stepped off the career ladder or, you know, got out of that rat race. And so many of us want to do different things and live a different life. So I know, I really know I'm not alone in that. And I think it was just from getting that response, talking to people, mainly in DMs, but also some emails and just some communication that I had over the weekend and the beginning of the week from you sharing your own stories and saying that you resonated with the episode so much. It kind of kept me in the energy of that in a, in a, in a really big way. Like I really had that on my mind. I've, I've had a very present week with myself, so to speak, around this challenge that I have when it comes to slowing down and when it comes to rest. And so every day this week, you know, I I woke up every day and I really decided I'm going to do something different today. 
Or actually, after recording last week's podcast, I did future Rachel a huge favor, which I never ever do in this way. I recorded last week's podcast and I went, you know what? I'm going to set myself up for rest next week. I'm going to set myself up for space. So I sat down and I recorded the entire week's worth of podcasts for this week, but I did that last week. So I recorded all the Yoga Girl daily episodes last week. I looked at my calendar and I got everything out of the way that I knew I had that was kind of big and and stuff that, you know, that normally I do every day. Like I chip away at stuff every day. I work very erratically. I, I'm not very structured. I, I, I'm, I have this great ability of like, leaving the kitchen table where Dennis and Leia are sitting and I'm like, I'll be right back. And I go and I spend 15 minutes on my computer and I just, I get the thing done that I needed to get done. You know, like I'm very, I can hop in and out of of work. And I do that for the Yoga Girl Daily Show all the time. I mean, I have middle of dinner with friends, like drinking wine and like, oh shit, I forgot about tomorrow's episode, which I sometimes do. And I'll like excuse myself as if I'm going to pee or like go to the bathroom or something. And I just sneak away and I record that five minute episode, boom, and I'm done. And I go back and I and I keep having my dinner, you know. So I, and I, it's a superpower of mine. I know that I can leave whatever I'm doing and I can just be laser focused and do a good job over here and then go back to the thing. Whereas my husband, for an example, is very, very, very different you know, needs a whole, like he, he needs to be in the space where he does work for to, to be able to work. He's He can't work on an airplane, can't work in a hotel room, can't work while on the go, like can't really get a grasp of stuff and really get things done unless he is in his quiet, dedicated office. Even like, you know, which sometimes is a, it's like a point of tension between us that I can get really frustrated. Like, hey, Leia's in the bath. We know she's going to be in the bath for 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. She's just in there singing. Like, if you have all these things to do, just do them now, you know, or like Leia's like playing outside in the in the garden, like you have a big, like, you know, there's a lot of moments in our day where there's big chunk, chunks of space where we could do two things at the same time. Like you can keep an eye on something over here, like leave a soup cooking on the stove and then like get to go through your inbox. Like I do that all the time. But Dennis cannot, he absolutely cannot and like needs his, he, he needs to sometimes tell me like middle of the day, like I need four hours undisturbed in the in the garage, which is where he has his office. I need four hours undisturbed. And he'll tell me that sometimes at like 6 p.m. And I'm like, what? What? Why didn't you do that earlier? He's like, well, it was, there was, it was busy and there was stuff. And then we we went for a walk with the dogs and then someone called and then that thing happened and then Leia was here and then I had to go run that one errand. So it's like, <laughs> it's so different, right? How we work. But I think because I have this ability to 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 get anything done in a very short time and then hop back to this and hop back to that and multitask and all this stuff, it actually means that even when I have a lot of space in my life, I end up sprinkling work all throughout the day so I have something that I do first thing in the morning and then I do something in the middle of the day and then I do, even if I have like a day off or a day with, without that isn't full of stuff, it still becomes a busy day because I do a little here, a little there all the time. And a great example of that is the Yoga Girl Daily Podcast, which I record every single day. So on a Monday, I record Tuesday's episode. On Tuesday, I record Wednesday's episode. On Wednesday, I record Thursday's episode. And no one does it like that. Nobody. Nobody. 
nobody in the podcast game, no one does insanity like that, like right on the edge of the deadline, like then, you know, record. It's it's really hectic. It's really stressful. It, it makes, you know, like regular people, I know a lot of amazing people who have daily shows will go into the studio and record a month's work of daily episodes, like plan out all the episodes that they have for all the weeks and all the things they're going to do because every episode is so bite-sized. Most people do like a three-minute something and then they do the whole month's worth and then that's done, right? Or at least like do a whole week's worth in one go and then that's done or a couple weeks at a time. And then you don't have to worry about it every day. You don't have to have it in the back of your mind, you know, because really having a podcast like that, it's you can't just not show up one day. I can't call. I can't I can't call the production team and go, hey, I, I don't feel like it today. You know, it's like it's a daily show. It's out every day. It's it's something that I, it's a commitment, right? But so last week when I was talking on the show about really this challenge and struggle that I have in my longing not just to slow the outside of my life down, but to slow my inner world down. I decided to do future Rachel a favor and to set myself up for as much peace as possible next week by doing the whole week's worth of shows in one day, in one go. Not this episode, not this podcast. This podcast, I enjoy recording fairly close to the release because it means we are in sync. I like sharing my feelings and thoughts. (laughs) about what's happening in my life as close to it actually happening because I know we are all in sync and aligned. It's so bizarre how the things that are on my mind are on your mind. The things moving through my heart are also moving through your heart. We have similarities in our journeys all the time. Like there's this major synchronicity always happening in the Yoga Girl podcast community. Like I know it. And if I were to record three weeks ago, you know, this week's podcast, like we would be out of sync, you know, so I like to do them fairly close. But I did everything else. I had a to do list for this week. I did as much of it as I could last week. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was the weekend. This last week's podcast was out. I had some stuff with the family. And then every Sunday I have a live for the home course. And when the live was done, I realized, wait, like this this new week is coming and I don't have anything. I actually, I don't have anything. Like that, that's, that's like, wait, it's very strange for me. And it's not like I'm on vacation or something, but I don't have any, I don't have any podcasts to record except for this one that I'm speaking to you in this moment. I don't have any major meeting. I don't have any, uh, I've been doing a lot of like interviews and and like newspaper stuff and radio stuff since I came to Sweden. I don't have anything like that. I have no major project I'm working on. I don't have anything, right? I just have space this week. And I sat with that Sunday night, just this feeling of, oh my goodness, next week, it's just wide open. All of these things that I really want to get to that bring me so much joy are waiting for me next week without any interruption. The garden, for example, the garden, which is such a big, big, big thing that brings me so much joy. And I'm squeezing in here and there what I can, you know, the time that I have. But I I have 5,000 liters of soil lying <laughs> next to my car up front, like in the front yard, that I need to shovel into my garden beds that I just finished like putting together, but they're not 100% ready. So it's a big project. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all about it. But I have so much 
to do in the garden. And it's not like I have things to do. It's like I have things I get to do in the garden. I have, I get to immerse myself in this huge passion that I have, which is creating this vegetable garden. It's finally warm-ish. Okay, it was minus one this morning. But anyway, it's warm-ish-esque. <laughs> the sun is out. Spring is actually coming. Like I'm going to soon, when I finish this, be able to plant things outside. And oh my goodness. And I'm thinking about the week. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to garden all week long. I'm going to bake sourdough bread, which I haven't done in forever. I, I'm i going to forage for some stuff in the in the woods. I, I'm going to go for a really long walk just to forage and to look for some mushrooms and some things in the woods that I've been really wanting to do just for the sake of being in the woods. And I'm going to be in the sauna. I was like, oh my God, it's like I have this, this week full of space. So Sunday night, I was giddy for this week, like a child on Christmas Eve. Like I was just... I, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it, how excited I was about this week of space and this week of peace and this week of just joy. And it's so interesting. Of course, this happened without me logically connecting these thoughts. But this week in the home course is our delight week, which is our week of joy. The theme and topic of the week that everyone in the course is doing right now is exploring joy and play and pleasure and creativity and beauty and fun and rest. And it's this really special week to really explore that. And I'm like, oh my God, and it's going to happen for me, you know, because it's not always that the week's completely aligned with what your life looks like. But I'm like, oh my God, I was so excited. And then Monday morning comes and I wake up. I wake up Monday morning with this feeling in my in my body that something's wrong and I don't know what it is something's wrong I, I I didn't sleep so well I remember several times in the night I woke up like is everything okay and I went to go check on Leia in the middle of the night and base like I can see her bed from where I lie in bed like our house is so tiny we have our tiny little house and her bedroom is basically in our bedroom so it's like I can see her feet which normally is very comforting for me if I ever have one of those like worried nights for whatever reason. But I actually got up in the middle of the night to walk over and check on her. And when I do that, which is really rare that I do that for no reason, like if she's not coughing or something's going on, like I'll before I go to bed at night, every night I just check in on her, you know, just like, oh, she's good. And I go to bed, but to wake up at night and go check on her. Like I, I used to do that when she was a baby, when I was terrified that she was going to just stop breathing all of a sudden or she would just yeah die for no reason in the middle of the night like I would just hang over the crib in panic all the time but I don't do that anymore and I would go over to check on her and it's really dark we sleep in a really dark room both of us so I would like have to find my phone go into the office grab my phone in there and turn the flashlight on just so I could see her because I didn't want to turn the light on and like risk waking her up. Turn the flashlight on just so I could see her, her rib cage move, like to make sure she's breathing, you know. And I didn't reflect on that right away that I did that. But later on, I was like, wait, that, that means something's not right, right? The fact that I, when I start engaging in behavior like that, it means there's something that something's off, right? It, it means I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel safe. I feel stressed. Like, what is it? So I woke up with that feeling like something's not right. And I check in with my people and my loved ones. Is everybody okay? Everybody's okay. Um, and then we have extended family in Ukraine. Um, my sister's whole family's there. My father's wife's entire family's there. Parents, brother, brother-in-law, everybody's there. 
So I check in with them to see how everybody everybody's okay. I mean, as okay as you can be, but like, yeah, that kind of checking in is a different kind of checking in, right? But because I, I had this feeling something happened in the night, like what, oh my God, what if somebody died? Something's, something's not right, something's not right, but everybody's okay. So, you know, Dennis takes Leia to school and what was supposed to be my like first morning of, oh, I had all of this stuff that I was just going to rest and relish in, like drink my tea peacefully and then spend time in the garden. All of a sudden I realized like I don't have my shit together. Like, wait, like I am not, I'm not ready with a garden. You know, I, I actually need Dennis to help me put down this net. I need this netting in the bottom of my garden beds. We have a lot of field mice here and gophers and stuff. So we're putting down like a metal wiring kind of in the bottom of the garden bed so that animals can't like eat my, my, my vegetables from the ground, basically. But we didn't finish that. So like I can't, so I couldn't do the soil thing that I wanted to do. And then I realized, okay, well, that, then what am I going to do? Okay, wait, um, I have these seedlings that I, I need to transplant to bigger pots. But then I realized, oh shit, I don't have, I don't have the right size pots for that. Okay, I have to go to the garden store, but then I go to the garden store and then it's like I'm leaving the house. I didn't want to leave the house. I don't want to, I don't want to not be here. I just wanted to be like in my robe all day and in my pajamas and just take it and then go to the garden store. Okay, I got to do that. And then wait while I'm over there. Oh, we have this thing. I have to, I have to go to the welder for this thing that we're fixing from our, looks like our dock broke. So I have this thing and that's right next to the garden store. So I'm like, if I'm going to the garden store, I might as well go there. And if I'm over there, I might as well do groceries because that's where we normally do groceries. Like it would be a waste to do groceries. And then I realized like, wait, it's like a, like time passed and I have just been frantically kind of running around the house, feeling stressed and trying to figure a bunch of stuff out. And my whole entire Monday, like that was, that was, that was what I did. I ended up at the end of the day, like I... I drank some tea, but I, I I didn't feel grounded at all. And I I just had this feeling like I'm losing time. I'm losing time. I'm supposed to enjoy. I'm supposed to enjoy myself. I'm supposed to be rested and resting. This is my time. Like I've, I've been trying to carve out these days and now I'm here, but it doesn't feel right. Actually, I feel worse. So I'm just kind of spinning, right? All Monday, ended up drinking a bunch of wine at night which I haven't done in a long time, just drinking a bunch of wine and not like, like having a glass of wine with dinner with a friend for, because it's nice, you know, which even that, like I haven't done in a, in a long time, like that is, and I have just had a long period of not drinking at all. And then we had a friend here this weekend or Leia's godfather. So one of Dennis's best friends, like one of our closest friends was here, which is really nice and really fun. But like, like I ended up drinking a way more wine than I wanted to drink wine. Does that, does that make sense? I didn't drink wine because I was just enjoying myself and it was a nice time. Like I was drinking wine because I was stressed out. And of course had a terrible night's sleep. Woke up the next day and same thing, right? Up at night, checking on Leia, waking up in the morning. Something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. And I just started to realize that Actually, the less things I have in a day, the more space I have in a day, the more ability I have to rest, like the less stuff I have to do and get done, 
and people to take care of and things to fix, the less at peace I feel. And I could almost cry like sharing that because it feels so vulnerable to me and it feels so, I feel so sad about that. Like it, it really feels like a backwards thing that's happening inside of me. It's like I have spent so many years working so hard, like killing myself, right? Running a million miles per hour, making everything happen, fixing everything for everyone, taking care of everyone, working so hard, building, building, building. And then finally I slow down and I have these huge realizations about how I actually want to live. And then slowing down takes time. And I keep having this vision of like, well, oh, eventually I'll have the space. Eventually I'll have the space. And then the space arrives and peace isn't there, right? And there's something about that that just feels so heartbreaking to me because it's almost like, it's like I'm running the backwards race somehow like I'm chasing this this dream of rest and actual like finally feeling at peace and then I get there and it was just a mirage you know it wasn't real like peace wasn't in the space so this whole week I've just been kind of very very present like I haven't I've, I've been very present with my this feeling of internal stress that I feel all the time and the fact that it's it comes from me it actually comes from me. And of course, like I'm well aware that the reason I was running a million miles per hour in the first place is because I have these childhood traumas and these things going on from my past that have kind of led me to believe that I have to run that quickly, right? That my worth and my value lies in what I, how I perform and how successful I am or like I'm lovable when I'm of service, I'm lovable when I fix things, I'm lovable when I take care of people, but on my own, in my own essence, just being how I am, like I'm not worthy of that. Like I know I, of course, I know I have this stuff in, 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 in the background, but there was a part of me now that really felt like I am so worthy of this rest. I've worked so hard. I've done so much inner and outer work and now it's like my life is finally reflecting what I want. And then I arrive there and no, no, it's, it's bad. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's, I've had a very, very, very hard week. A really hard week, like truly a hard week. Um, and it's worse having a hard week for what feels like no reason right? It's like, it feel, I feel guilty saying that. I feel shame saying that. I feel out of alignment saying that because, you know, there's people literally fucking living through a war right now. That's happening right now to people in my life right now. That is happening. And I had, I had dinner yesterday with a, a family of refugees that, that lives like right next door or a couple houses away. And they have four kids and Leila is like playing so beautifully with them. And it's such a beautiful family. And and I, I just, I got to hear their whole story of how they came here and, and how like step by step what, what their actual lived experience was like leaving Ukraine in the middle of, of war. And 
somehow, and I know I talk about this all the time, like the ability to feel joy and our like joy being our birthright, regardless of what's happening in the world. But it's becoming almost like the contrast is too stark for me right now. That I am I get to have a week here in my perfect life, on my perfect lake, with when I don't have to work, <laughs> when I when I can just garden and I can just nap and I have this infinite space and time to enjoy myself and I can't like that feels like a slap in the face somehow you know while at the same time like there are like these amazing people who live next door are living through horrors that shouldn't no one should have to live through like there's trauma ongoing like now and it's the slow moving trauma that isn't ending so it's like they can't even process it you know even sitting with them yesterday i just i know there's nothing i can do here to be of service or to help them but to listen and to be here and to like love on them and 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 build relationship and be a friend and you know but but i can't like I can't, I can't, there's nothing even to, to process, right? Because it's, it's, it's ongoing and who knows how long it's going to last. It's, it's not in the past, it's now, you know. So no one can even start putting it behind them and start doing any kind of, like, you, how, do you, how do you heal when the trauma is happening? You, you can't, you don't, you can't. And somehow, like, the contrast of this has just made me, I really feel this whole week that, yeah, that the more almost like the more I was trying to lean into joy and rest, the more I found reasons why I shouldn't and why it's unfair that I have that ability. It's it's unfair that I have that that space given to me, you know. It's unfair that shit is happening in the world and then to so many, you know, <laughs> and so many of us like you listening to this, me sitting here talking, we we want to help, right? We want to be of service. We're not sitting here greedy as hell, causing people pain, causing people harm. Like we're not that those people. We're the people here really wanting to be of service, really wanting to help, really wanting and longing for peace for all, struggling to to hold some sense of, of joy and peace in our own lives while that pain is unfolding. But then when you think about it, the amount of people who are completely fucking unconscious about everything, people who don't even care. There's so many people out there who don't fucking care, who don't even like listen to a single thing that's happening in the world who just stick their heads in the sand or people who just focus on themselves and their own individual personal monetary success people who will step on other people to get to where they want to get to in life like people who literally build businesses and lives based on other people's suffering like there's those kinds of people in the world and I can't get over right like just this week I can't (laughs) I can't get over the fact that the world just looks in this way I can't I I'm feeling guilty, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling really sad, I'm, I'm sad, I'm so sad that this is happening and I'm so sad that even with the, the privilege that I have, it's so, 
hard for me to receive the good things that I have. Like that feels like a heartbreak too on its, in, in some bizarre way. Anyway, so yesterday I had my, I had my big like breakdown basically. Um, and I mean, so I, I had therapy yesterday and it's very rare for me to enter a session like with my therapist and I go every week, always, I go every week, no matter what I go, even when I have no problem, I go when things are great and I go when things are bad, you know, I, I always go. And I very rarely, I mean, kind of like this podcast, I never have a thought out thing to talk about prior, very rarely that something's happening and I'm like, oh my God, I need to take this to therapy. Like I normally just sit down and I take a breath and I go, okay, what's happening now? Because it's oftentimes the thing that's really present in my heart. And the moment I sit down for the session, that's, that's the thing I'm supposed to focus on rather than sometimes the big thing in the back of my head that I think should be bigger somehow, you know. So anyway, but this time, this week, I really knew. I have it was so clear. I really know now. I I feel this stress in my body all the time. All the time. And I I've I've been able to kind of justify it for so many years and also these past years as I'm slowing down and since moving to Sweden, like we have so many things we're figuring out. We have so many things we're figuring out. I'm in the middle of this. I have the course. I'm doing da-da-da. There's always a reason for my stress, right? Always that it's there. And then being faced with, well, okay, well, it's actually worse when I have nothing there. I actually feel, I feel that stress in a more palpable way. And I told my therapist and she goes, okay, well, how about instead of figuring out what the stress is, instead of talking about the stress like like how what would it feel like for you to just really experience it in your body to to sit here with me in a safe space and go there like actually go there like go into what this feeling is and really 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 dwell in that space and see if you get some clarity and if if just there can be a felt sense of of recognizing it rather than it being this background noise all the time. And as soon as she said that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at feeling my feelings. I mean, I cry all the time. I, I'm, I, I have a really close relationship with my anger, with my frustration, with my grief. Like I, I know what it's like to hold an emotion in my body and to be there. And then for some reason, this time when she said that, I was like, nah, no. No, like my whole body went like, no, like, I don't know what this stress is, but I don't want to be there. And that was a sign for me to, okay, well, there's something huge here. I mean, what, when I intuitively go, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to feel that feeling. I don't want to, when I, when I don't even want to explore and I'm the kind of person who wants to explore everything all the time, I want to know why I feel the way I do and where does that come from and let's get to the root of it and how can I process it? I'm always on this huge path of healing and inside I went, no, I don't want to look at this. And then I just know like this, whatever this is, it's really important and I wouldn't be able to have to be here feeling that. I wouldn't be in a position where I was all of a sudden 
faced with it and ready to process it or explore what that feeling actually is and where it actually comes from if it wasn't for all of these layers right it's like i've been peeling off all this these layers of this huge onion <laughs> of my life of slowing this down slowing that down stopping this quitting that creating space here figuring that out therapy here talk, all of all the stuff until all of a sudden it's like okay wait now that space that i need it's actually here and then all of a sudden i'm face to face with this thing that really felt like a monster like it felt like so she guided me just just really simply really into a place of just like feeling where in the body do i feel the stress and the feeling that i have and i've realized it's near constant since yesterday i don't have it the same but it's a near constant in my life all the time all the time even in the middle of joy and celebration in the middle of grief and panic, wherever. Like I, I have this feeling and it's a feeling right at the bottom of my belly that kind of stretches up toward my heart space that feels ice cold. It's, a, it's like an, it's an undercurrent of something really chilling. I can feel it not like deep in the pit of my stomach, but it's like it's right underneath the thick layer of my skin. It's like not the surface of the skin. Like I can actually feel, I've been able to really identify and track where this experience lives in my physical body, like where I'm somatically really holding this, whatever this is. And it's right there, like under the like epidermis, like whatever layer that is of the skin. And it's this chilling, ice cold feeling of pure and total terror it's terror it's it's fear it's no it's not fear it's terror it really is this paralyzing god-awful feeling of of fear yeah and as soon as I tapped into that place as soon as I gave that feeling attention like I, I just completely broke down like I my my jaw started shaking like I I, I felt this really all of a sudden I'm five years old. <laughs> like I, all of a sudden I'm five years old. I'm exactly Leah's age and everything in my life is terrifying. And she was able to kind of, yeah, to guide me into, into a, a trauma healing exercise of, of seeing yourself and holding yourself at the age you were when you experienced major trauma and giving yourself what you need in that moment, right? And I've done, <laughs> I, I've done so much of this, right? I've done so many of, of those things and retreats and groups and sessions. And like, I really, I thought like maybe this thing isn't, yeah, the stuff that happened to me when I was little isn't so big, but this was less about one experience. And that's how I've done it in the past. Like, my mother's suicide attempt, like that moment was a huge, a huge experience of trauma for me. Um, major, huge, like scary fights that happened when I was little. That was like huge trauma, like my stepdad dying and like moments where big things happened and, and I've been able to go into that moment and that experience. But this was different because it wasn't about that one thing that happened at that time or in that day or that person who died or that scary thing over there. 
it was this this constant feeling and i and i was able to really go back into this age and i don't know what it was like when i was younger if it was always there or if it was something that really came when i was four and five but it was this experience that i had when i was little of absolute terror of not being safe of life being completely erratic and unpredictable and scary like i was scared all the time and there was no one there to 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 save me you know to 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 fix it for me to to protect me like there was there's nobody there and i'm realizing now that I think by by processing these individual scary events that I went through when I was a child, I've been able to to find a lot of healing in pockets. Like I have pockets of healing in my life. But then I have these undercurrents of big lived kind of long-term experiences. Like when you're going through a, when something scary is happening in your life for a long time, which in my case was you know, losing parental support. I'm really in in the stage of the healing journey where I am now. I'm really, um, I'm sh- I'm moving. I'm shifting away from blame. It's not about this person did that or this person did this. It's not about that. It's just my lived experience was what it was, right? And it's nobody's fault. It's not because one person was a terrible person and wanted that to happen or wanted to cause me harm. It's just life is what life is right and trauma <laughs> traumatized people traumatized people hurt people hurt people not on purpose but for me was this lived experience of i mean the the things that happened then was like at a, a really erratic un not stable relationship between my parents and then my parents splitting up in a really abrupt way and my mom taking us away from my dad in a really violent way, really, really scary way without explanation, like, oh, we just lost our dad. And then living in different places and finding a new dad and then him dying and my mom not wanting to live and actively trying to die and being actively completely depressed alone with me and my brother for a very long time it's like I think about that now like if that was a a sibling of mine or if that was a friend of mine if that happened to one of my people like they lost their husband and then tried to die like I wouldn't leave them alone with her kids right like I can just sense that there's this huge lack of of support overall from every angle like no one stepped in to to create a sense of safety in this very traumatizing, very, very, very scary place. And things I thought for a long time was just like part of life. Things like screaming and hitting things and like scream crying, like my mom scream crying into a pillow because she was so, you know, so hard. It was so horrible. So, so all of those things for like a really prolonged, long, long, long time. I mean, we're talking like a section of a couple years there where we were in this, in this, in this pocket of just trauma and no one stepped in to keep us safe. 
And if I think of that now, like as a mother to a five-year-old now, like if I all of a sudden didn't want to live anymore, if I all of a sudden started like screaming into my pillow because I, I couldn't contain the grief I was feeling, how scary would that be for Leia? I mean, I can't even like, it's really hard for me to to like put her in that position, even in my mind, like how I know, like if we're, if we're late for something and I'm like, put on your shoes and she's not doing it. And I ask her again and I ask her with an edge in my voice and I'm like, Leia, put on your shoes. We got to go. Like just the shift in the tone of my voice when I get a bit angry or frustrated is enough for her nervous system to go like, (gasps) she'll be like, mama, you use your harsh voice. Like she's so sensitive she's a child, like all children are so sensitive. She's so sensitive. When things happen, you know, she, she feels feelings or she gets scared or she's sad or all of a sudden like Dennis has to go and, and he has to go get gas, but she wasn't prepared that he's leaving. Like to keep her little nervous system and her little being safe and grounded and held like it takes a it takes a lot of presence it takes a lot of loving grounded presence to hold her and when we are children like things that we might perceive as little can really be frightening and scary right so when i try to envision myself as like 5 years old experiencing this this trauma and this loss of so many people and like living with a a parent that doesn't want to live that doesn't want to be there that actively is trying to die, you know, and I don't remember so much of these years, but there are several years there that are just kind of like gone from my memory. And I think that these years were really, really, really scary. I don't know because I, I can only, like I have little memories, like I have memories of the screaming and I have memories of a lot of crying and I have memories of being like forgotten in places and left in places and I, I have like snippets of memories that are all very scary, right? But the chunk of time that's there, I don't remember. But I can imagine, like, I can imagine what it maybe was like. And I could imagine that probably what I experienced for an extended period of time was just terror, was this really scary, scary, scary time. And you know, it's nobody's fault. Like it isn't, I, if, 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 if I lost Dennis and he died really traumatically right before we were about to get married and I didn't have support, no one was there for me. I didn't have tools. I didn't have a practice. I didn't have any of the million things I do for self-care now. Like if I didn't have anything or anyone and I lost my person, like, I don't know how I would cope. I don't know how I would parent, right? Like it's not, I've shifted so much of my awareness from like someone did something to me. Like I used to feel like, oh my God, my mom left me. Like she her, she's she was mentally unwell and she she exposed me to these things. She failed to keep me safe. She should have wanted to live. She shouldn't have tried to kill herself. She's I used to have that thinking like she should have done different or better. But I I, I really know now she couldn't do different or better. It wasn't because of lack of love that she didn't love us. It was literally she was incapable and there was no support. 
And it still blows my mind that there was no support, but there was no support. And as my therapist was guiding me more toward, not toward these individual things that I can remember, but to the underlying overall feeling of being Leia's age, like what my overall life experience was, it was so scary all the time for so much of the time. And I think even when it was good and when we had stable moments, it was still so very scary because anything could happen at any time. The feeling was like at any time she could leave, she could die. At any time someone else could die. At any time we would have to move. At any time, at any time. This feeling of like the other shoe is going to drop at any moment. And because no one then had any tools, I never got to return to a place of feeling safe. I was never at the end of the experience, you know, like enveloped and held and, okay, let's go heal this now. Like that never happened, right? So what I think really has, has happened to my nervous system on this deep, deep, deep cellular level is that I'm in a little bit of shock. Like I have a sense in my body, like I have, I'm experiencing this, this feeling of terror inside and it keeps me in perpetual motion. And if, if I'm doing something, if I'm fixing something, if I'm moving something forward, if I'm making sure everybody's safe, if I'm working, if I'm in that kind of forward motion, I know I'm doing what I can to keep everybody safe. And there is a sense of control in that. There is a sense of, there is a sense of calm in that. It's not real, true calm, but it, there is a sense of calm in the chaos somehow of, of, of being able to control a portion of that panic, right? So when all of a sudden I have nothing in my day and not just for one day, but like I look at the rest of this year and it's this open space, this inner child inside of me that still feels so very scared and so very unsafe freaks out, right? It triggers this this internal stress that's there, not because I've been working really hard or because not even because I want to succeed or I have this personality to drive and go, go, but because literally the experience I had when I was little, that being still is not safe. That relaxing means putting, taking your eye off the ball and taking your eye off the ball is not a safe thing to do. You know, stopping is not a safe thing to do. Slowing down is not a safe thing to do. I have to stay alert. I have to stay, stay on the wall. I have to be here, you know, holding everybody. And it's not true today anymore, right? I don't have to stay here holding everybody. I just have to hold my kid. And even that is something I get to do in shared partnership with an amazing person who holds me, who has my back. Like, whatever would happen to us in this part of our lives, like I am so supported. I have so many tools. I am so held. I am held all the time. But there's a part of me that doesn't believe that. And there's a part of me that can't accept that. So when I'm trying to align this new longing of slowing down and opening up into space, all of a sudden the vibration of that really old fear and that really old terror and the trauma of that it just becomes heightened and awakened. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. 
what 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 about us you know what about this what about this like life actually it's not safe <laughs> um it was a uh, or it has been this week a massively healing thing a massively healing thing not to do anything with all of this not even to like talk to anybody about it or to to process it it's to just to be aware that this is what's happening inside of me you know just having that space of okay I, I'm, I'm now spinning myself into this frantic place now and it's like okay wait and I can feel into I can pause and I can feel into my body and it's like okay I feel that thing there it's in my belly it's that cold cold scary vibration like right beneath my skin it's and it's present there and it's telling me it's not safe to be here it's not safe and it makes me go and look at my day and go oh my god oh my god how am I gonna have time to enjoy <laughs> oh my god how am I gonna rest how am I gonna figure this garden out oh my goodness my tea practice like it will take everything that I find restful and enjoyable and beautiful just for the sake of beauty and take all of those things and make them into something panicky and chaotic and bring me that feeling of I can't keep up. I'm not doing the right thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's not okay. It's not okay. So when I notice that and I sense that, it's like just the awareness of that allows me to bring in a level of compassion that I didn't have before, where before I was just kind of beating myself up. Like, what is wrong with you? There is a war your neighbors, your family, people are in war and you are here and you can't enjoy your goddamn gardening. Like what's wrong with you? Like that's what I was telling myself all throughout the week. What's wrong with you? Like I'm beating myself up for not being able to rest, for not being able to feel content and relax. And now just by having that awareness, it's like, oh wait, this, this thing is present now. Like, okay, this fear is here now. This stress is here now. This terror actually is here now. And instead of feeling like I have to go fix it and I have to heal it or do a practice or do something, it's like I can just take a breath and put a hand there. And I've been, like yesterday, I, I don't know how much time I spent sitting in this exact chair where I am now and I was just envisioning myself as five and I mean, I can see her like right now. I have this this picture of myself when I was, I think four, maybe five. And I have like a really cute, short kind of haircut, like almost like it's like right above my shoulders and bangs. And I'm wearing a dress. It's like white dress with wild strawberries on it that my mom made me because even in the midst of fucking death and suicide she still sewed me clothes I mean it's just remarkable there's this picture of me and I'm smiling and I look so innocent and I have freckles like like I look a lot like Leia in this image that I see but I was just envisioning her like this five-year-old me so scared and I really gave myself this long, long space just to sit here and hold her. And there came a point where I could even like, like I could feel her arms around my neck, the way 
when Leia, when I hold Leia and she wraps her arms around my neck, that same feeling, but different because it's not Leia. Like I really felt, I really felt like my inner child present there. It's a different energy to her. She was lighter. I don't know how I know that. I just know Leia's heavier (laughs) than I was at that age. And I was just for the longest time just sitting there talking to her in Swedish. Like, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. You're safe here. You're safe now. I have you. I have you. I have you. And I just, I don't know how long I sat there. And really, I'm just like wrapping my arms around myself, telling myself, I've got you. I've got you. It's safe to be here. It's safe for you to rest. It's safe. You can let go. I got you. I got you. You don't have to be the one anymore to hold everything. Like, I've got this. I got you. And and this is my week of joy. (laughs) What the fuck? This is my week of exploring joy, right? And rest (laughs) and play. But there's something really precious about this week, about this work, about holding my inner child, about being a mother to a five-year-old and getting to somehow hold my own inner five-year-old and and also feel so much compassion and understanding for my mom and how unbelievably, unimaginably hard it must have been to be a mom and lose your person, you know and have no one there like I can't imagine what that's like and I like to believe I don't know how time works but I like to believe that just by giving this space now like by giving this attention by by giving this wounding this trauma awareness now that somehow it also heals then that somehow like in this time warp that we're in like that there is a that there is five-year-old Rachel over there feeling more safe feeling more supported and that by mothering my child in a different way I'm also mothering myself in a different way and mothering my mother in a different way and like we're all just holding each other somehow even though it's really messy and really scary and really painful and really hard and I don't know if this is the kind of week you had <laughs> with the synchronicities between us, but maybe there's something similar that you are moving through somehow. And if you are, give your inner child a little bit of space. You know, it's a really, really powerful, heartfelt, vulnerable practice. Just imagining yourself at that age that age when you were the most vulnerable when you really needed someone that age you're most innocent that precious beautiful perfect little version of you and just holding them for a little while telling them all the things they really needed to hear then And we don't need to go to a fancy retreat to do that. You don't need a therapist to do that. You don't need 
anything to do that you can you can hang up I almost said this phone call you can hang it up you can end this podcast right now and take a few minutes to just meet yourself in that way you know just being here right now we are all healing we are all healing thank you for listening again (laughs) I appreciate you so much thank you thank you thank you thank you I'll be back I promise next week Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy this show, make sure you listen, rate, and review, and follow all the episodes of the show available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. Give the show a five-star review if you love it. It truly means so much. Of course, thank you so much to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.